How's everybody doing today? Take a walk with me back through the tunnel. I'm your host, Nemo Midvar. Today we're talking about Philly recruiting and what it means to recruit the city, what is important to the coaches in this town. Um, and as you'll find out today, uh, relationships are the absolute key to recruit the city of brotherly love. Uh, my guest today, James Johns, uh, two-time Under Armour Association champ uh, with We Are One, spent uh, some years at Southwest Mississippi uh, Community College as an assistant and is now a coach with Team Final. John Mosco, longtime assistant coach at Newman Goretti High School and is now the head coach at Archbishop Wood, has built that program uh, into a national power. Uh, Skip Robinson, uh, has been a longtime coach uh, on the high school and AAU level in the area. Is now also coaching We Are One. And then Sean Colson uh, played in the NBA after attending UNC Charlotte, playing for one of my former bosses, Bobby Lutz. Um, and is now the head coach at Martin Luther King High School, uh, coaches with Philly Pride, and is also an NBA level trainer, trains a lot of guys in the league, including DeAndre Hunter. Um, Really excited about the show, but before we get into the show, I do want to give a shout out to Dr. Dish, our sponsor. Uh, you know, the game has forever been changed uh, with what's going on in the world right now. And Dr. Dish is going to help us get through this pandemic and still be able to improve our games. Um, we're going to have less managers, less passers, um, but we want to be able to get more reps. Uh, make sure you get a Dr. Dish. Uh, check them out on Twitter at, at Dr. Dish for uh, great ideas, drills, tips, inspiration, things that you can do in a unique manner um, that can help get your players better. And mention this ad on Rising Coaches, save an extra $300 off your purchase. Uh, do you already have a shooting machine? Upgrade that thing. They will give you trade-in regardless of the brand, uh, and you're going to have a better opportunity to get better with the state-of-the-art Dr. Dish. Uh, now, as I said, we're going to be talking about Philly recruiting. Uh, this is going to be a fun group. Uh, buckle your seatbelts and let's go into the city of brotherly love and talk about uh, recruiting. Welcome through the tunnel, everybody. I'm here with my my group, my guys from Philly, South Jersey, all the way represented from the city of brotherly love. We're going to dive right into it. We're going to talk about recruiting this very unique basketball culture. Um, so let's get started. Sean. And then, uh, Skip, why don't you follow up on it? Let's talk about Philly as a city. Uh, just describe the culture of being a, a Philadelphia man uh, and a baller in Philly. Uh, I would say that Philadelphia is known as, you know, toughness. So a lot of guys that play, coach, referee, everything in Philadelphia is about, you know, being gritty and tough and not backing down. And uh, – you know, obviously I play in Philadelphia, so I'm kind of accustomed to that. And I brought that along with me to coach as well. So I enjoy the competition. Philadelphia is really known, you know, everybody is competitive. AAU, high school, everything that we got going on here is is, is competitive competition. And, uh, you know, I think that brings out the best. And, uh, and, and everybody. Sometimes it goes a little bit overboard, probably like it does everywhere, but I, I really enjoy the way, you know, the competition level is in, in basketball with all with all the guys. Skip, expound on that if you can. What, what do you, what do you, when we think of Philly, obviously I'm an outsider, but as an insider, how do you perceive your city, Philadelphia? 
It's a uh, a city where we wear our hearts on our sleeves. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're from, that's where you're repping. So if you're from North Philly, you're going all across the city and you're going to stand on that. If you're from West Philly, you're going to go all across the city and you're going to stand on that. And each neighborhood, respectfully, thinks their their neighborhood has the best basketball players ever. And they will argue you into the ground until they make their point. So let's 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 kind of elaborate a little bit because for some listeners, they might be out in Texas or Cali. They they may not understand the the nuances of the different parts of Philly. So break it down a little bit for us, Skip. What are the different parts of town and who do they represent? So it's, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a prime example. Sean Coulson went to FLC. And his rival was right across the street at Franklin, not even a quarter of a mile. So they might have been on a sub every day or on a sea bus at that time every day. And it's, yeah, when we see y'all, you know what it is. It's like, but y'all on the bus together every day. But that don't matter. When it's time to tip off, all that friend stuff goes out the window. You Everything under the sun except for a good person and Philly when you're playing against your opponent. But it gets geographical. So North Philly, South Philly, Southwest, West Philly, Uptown. And then now you start to branch out to the county, which is like Upper Darby, Delco, Montco, which is Norristown and Coatesville. That's Philly basketball in a nutshell. It's just not our city limits. Warm as <laughs> So, so tell me more though. Are ballers different in the different parts of Philly? Are um, you all the same? But you just rep your rep your part of town. I think everybody is the same, but you rep where you from. Okay. If you're from Thirty Eighth Street, and you play at University City at the time, or you bring your whole neighborhood with you, and Uni might play West. And that's 52nd Street. They bring in a whole neighborhood with them. Everybody knows everybody, but at the same time, it's competition. It's two for nil. It's by any means necessary. That's bragging rights. More, more, more bragging rights trophies and little literal trophies in Philly all the time. Like Newman Roman is all South Philly and and North Philly and Center City. With it's more fan more fans than alumni and students. Right. Right, right. Newman has more old heads watching that game, um, you know, packing the place. And the same thing, you know, in their neighborhood kids, they're getting on the bus together, subway together. A couple of the best players from Roman were from South Philly. Before Carl and myself got there, you know, Roman would steal all the best players in, the, in South Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, I told you, Nima, when, when I first started coaching, at Prep Charter, we were John. We were what, like less than two miles from you guys, around the corner. Yeah, not yeah. two blocks. And we had we were in the middle of South Philly across one of the most notorious projects. In right. South Philly. And we right. had kids from South Philly on our team. Everybody is from North Philly and Uptown. Right. That's unheard of. That's not. That's not how the dynamics were supposed to be. <laughs> So, so how is it now? Is it is it more reflective of of kids being within their neighborhoods, or or has it been no. fragmented? Um, no, 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 no. Top no. Half of the, half of the, 
you know, because the Philadelphia school system is not right right now, like mostly inner city school districts, you know, and then the charter schools are getting a lot of the kids. Um, okay, so let's, let's let me pause right there. I want to I want to kind of go through that because that's a that's an education that that I'm I'm just now learning. You guys in Philly have got charter schools, you got public schools, you got private schools, you also have some prep schools. Um, and so let's let's quickly kind of delve into those types of schools. John, talk about the the Philly Catholic League. And, and some of the private schools there and, and how those leagues have been kind of developed over time and where they are today. The Philadelphia Catholic League is, you know, Roman Catholic. They've been around forever. They put a lot of pros up and, you know, and great college players. St. Joe's Prep, you know, they're good in football. They've been, they were good in basketball. Newman Goretti, um, where I'm at, Archbishop Wood, nobody heard of Wood before. You know, we're like 45, 55 minutes away from the city. Um, but it's a hard-nosed league. But a lot of the kids that we're getting now, to be honest, even the kids that are backup players would have been in the pub. But Sean could attest that, you know, the school district's not – the parents want something better for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of my kids that are – the city kids, they take it takes them 50, 55 minutes to get to our school. Um, so they make a commitment. Then you got the Interact, which is the more of an academic league school, Penn Carter, Germantown Academy. Um, and then you also have friend schools like Friend Central and some schools like West Town where if you go live, stay there and live. You know, um, so there's a lot of diversity in different, different type schools. <laughs> Sean, tell us a little bit about the public school system. We, we've had a couple allusions to the fact that um, there's, uh, there's um, you know, some, some issues going on in the educational system, which happens in, in a lot of major cities, like, like John Lewis. But uh, outside of the, the academics, let's talk about the basketball, but also the challenges that exist to be a basketball player based on the academics. So I feel like I feel like the public, the public league. You know, we have a we have a pretty good league. It's a little bit in the shadow. Probably the last skip, skipping coach probably could. You know, I just got here what 2013, so I would say the last few years it's been it's been a a lot more one sided towards the Catholic league because when I first got here, the first couple of years, you know, I felt like you know the, the the public league was right on par. With the Catholic League, we had a lot of good players going a lot of places, a lot of good teams. But I felt like the last couple of years, I would say last four or five years maybe, you know, it's really leaned towards that because, you know, they have a great situation going on there. Got a lot of – a lot of uh, – they have a lot of things that – like the tradition is just it's just better, to be honest. And kids go there. Public League is – you know, when I play – and before I got there years ago, very tough, a lot of great players. But now, you know, kids have more options. You know, they go to the Catholic League, like Coach said, they go to the Interact, they go to private school. It's a lot more, a lot, lot of options. And then with the public, with the public league being in a lot of, like Skip was saying, a lot of the tougher parts of um, the inner city. Like, you know, it's, it's tough, it's rough, the violence, you know, parents 
look at it as, you know what, we don't necessarily have to go there. It's, it's, it's better options all around, I would say. But as far as the league, you know, we have we have MOTEP, who's been a you know top 10 team nationally the last four or five years. You know, and they've been good probably the last maybe 10 years, even before I start coaching. And, uh, you know, we've been good at Martin Luther King. You know, Constitution pretty good. MCS is having a nice run right now. So, you know, we have some we have some uh, Simon Grass, obviously, even when I played. And uh, we, we've had some good we've had some good teams and good players. A lot of guys go D one, but at the end of the day, in this city right now, the Catholic League is kind of holding the torch. But I like I like I like the public league because. You know, if you ever notice when they play against the Catholic League for the most part, it's good games. It's not like they're overmatched or anything like that. It's just that, you know, the Catholic League to me has a better overall system, just everything that they got going there. It's just better. You know what I mean? I know they go, it's just, it's just better, period. Better package, right? Yes. Educationally, you yes. know, athletically, yes. etc. So obviously, you got one of one of the greatest of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant. He went to Lower Marion, and 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 if Kobe was growing up today, is there any chance he goes to Lower Marion, or is is he a kid that gets scooped up to go to to one of these other schools? <laughs> I think I, I mean Lower Marion and PW. I mean, most of the times when those teams were winning. They had kids that couldn't make it with the pub or the Catholic League right. make one there um, because the Catholic League and Public League at the time weren't in the state title. So, okay. you know, um, that's an interesting question. Like now, I, he probably he probably be at Mount Verde. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> We wouldn't have enough money, none of us. <laughs> right. It's, it's, a, it's a good point. So, all right, well, I want to hold that thought. We're going to come back to to some of these public school balls. Now, I want to, James, I want to ask you this. We, we, we touched on North Philly, South Philly, uh, you know, the suburbs, et cetera. South Jersey and even Delaware influences Philly ball, wouldn't you say? I would say definitely um, because – I think for the most part, outside of, you know, those unique environments like Camden High where kids really don't leave because of the tradition or Chester where the kids don't leave a lot. You know, they started to filter in Chester. I know they started to go to some of the Catholic League schools. But um, I know Delaware, for example, all the kids try to get to get to the Catholic League schools, especially nowadays, especially and then in Delaware is um, they don't have city schools. So like Wilmington doesn't have a high school. So those kids are all broken up throughout the state. So, you know, and now you have the private schools there who are really successful, like a Sanford, who's historically been good. And then you have Dover, which is downstate, who's good because they, they're a regional school. But uh, South Jersey is basically, you know, it's you represent your town. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like Philly. You represent your neighborhood. But in South Jersey, you represent the town you're from. And when you have a rich a basketball tradition like you can, then those kids don't leave. But the kids outside of those neighborhoods that have that tradition, they kind of tend to flock to the to the Catholic League. Or if they have relationships where they can go to a, a city school and, and, and try to compete at a higher level. So it, it's a unique environment is that they identify with those surrounding areas, identify with Philadelphia basketball. Even my own son from from Delaware to play in the Catholic League. So 
it's a unique situation in that regard. I, I'm hearing a, a, a kind of reoccurring theme about having pride in where you're from, even within the town. So here I am, a college coach coming in to recruit. If I don't know those nuances, um, is that going to put me at a disadvantage? Like not knowing that, you know, you're a North Philly kid. I need to not, you know, reference you with maybe players like, hey, your game is a lot like this guy from West Philly or something like that. Is that is that something to, to kind of consider, Skip, or do you think not so much? Uh, I could probably speak for everybody here. If you come into the city and you're trying to figure out who's who and what's what, do your homework. Right. Do your homework because a lot of us have been in it for a long time. Got a lot of guys that pretend to be something or pretend yep. to be on the inside, pretend to know this guy, and they'll run you in circles. And the whole time Skip. you're beating down the wrong door. Right. Skip, let me let me touch on that, Skip. Like, I mean, this this thing is just like if you're looking for a college job as, as a coach, it's about relationships, right? I think these yeah. college, I think college coaches need to come in and again. Make sure you're building the right relationships with the right people connected to those kids. You you know what I mean? I, I, th- I think a lot of times they miss the ball by not knowing who who's connected to who and where those relationships lie. So it also helps where, you know, when the relationships, a lot of the kids don't leave all the time. I mean, when I was at Newman, most of the kids that went to college, they stayed there and didn't transfer. I've been lucky at Wood, the same thing, you know, and talking about relationships and, People that think they know their neighborhood, I tried to give a local guy, Colin Gillespie, before he went to Nova, and his assistant who thought he was from Philly said, oh, he's no good. He's not good enough. Right. So and he got him in September, you know, at a mid-major school, you know, and it worked out for Colin, but, you know, these guys think they know people, and they, like Skip said, they don't have the relationship. So, so funny story. So, with, uh, with Coach uh, Mosco, so he's right about Colin. I think before he blew up, nobody in the Big Five was interested, or not to my knowledge. I had a school in New Jersey call, and they had seen Colin, and they couldn't believe he didn't have any Big Five offers. They had immediately called Mosco because they thought I was trying to sell him up the river just to get them to offer the kid. He had no big five offers. And, and to expound on that, for example, and James knows this, I put every – I don't – okay, so Eric Dixon, he was he was uh, a little chunky. And I'm not going to – I'm not going to say what two schools in the City Six said he, he, he would only end up at Westchester at the highest. That was his ceiling. And came to the game and left within like the first quarter. So it's like I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> sometimes it happens, you know. Sometimes the best uh, treasures are hit right underneath your nose, right? And and, and you know, I think one of the problems, not to cut you off, is they overvalue, and it probably happens in DC. It happens in New York. They watch them too much, and they don't talk to the right people to see, you know, what the value is like. I know everybody on here, if somebody gets a call about one of my kids, they're not, they're going to tell them the truth. And that's all you want them to tell them the truth. I don't want them to tell somebody that they're an ACC player when they should be in the, you know, division two. And that's what I think Philadelphia is about. The coaches and the players, 
They're about honesty. They just want kids to get a chance. And, you know, if they got to go to Division Two, like Matt Cerruti, I thought he was a Division One player. He was borderline, but he went for free for four. He had a good career at Lockhaven four years. Um, you know, and I think that all these coaches on here and majority of people are out. They, they're out for the kids and talk well about all the kids. And they're honest if they're good enough or not good enough. And, and, to, and to expand on what Coach said, we had a couple kids that shouldn't have left this area. James had one that he uh, had when he was with us. Josh Sharkey shouldn't have left the Philadelphia area. No. Josh shouldn't have left so, so let's, let's kind of talk about that specifically. Do Philly kids uh, and Philly families, are they going to err on, because there's a lot of pride in the city, staying close to the city, staying within region, or will they go any damn where? Sean, you're shaking your head. Let me touch on that real quick. Yeah. Hold on, Sean, Sean, real quick. Okay. I think right. I think a, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think, uh, the, you know, the City 5 schools, they don't identify our kids early enough. Like a kid like Kyler, let's through the cracks, or well, he didn't step through, it worked out for him. But like a Josh Sharkey, let's get touched on. How does he end up out of the city? You know what I mean? They don't, they don't, they undervalue our kids. And, and just to touch on that, like we have a kid, like certain kids, like a kid, Justin Edwards at Emotech, you know what I'm saying? Who has no, no city school offers, you know what right. I mean? But he has offers all over the country as a sophomore. Or we have, we have another kid, like, you know, my son has offers from Texas A&M and Ole Miss, but he doesn't have a city school offer. But if I talk to a, a coach at the Rock School who's recruiting, who's recruiting my son to go to a school in Florida, and he says, well, they, well, a city school just offered a 2023 kid in, in Florida, but you're overlooking our kids. So, so at the, that, they remember that down the line. Mm-hmm. And it has an effect. Now, uh, and I'm sorry to cut they, you off, Sean. No, you good. Like, I had four kids. We have four kids going next year, Division One, And only one of them had solid local recruitment. And he's going to LaSalle, you know. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of them that would have loved to play in, in, in the city. Sean, give your thought. You all know that their, their roster and stuff changes, you know, it's a hard job with the transfers and all that. But I think they don't trust their own eyes all the time. Sorry, Sean. No, y'all fine. No, y'all fine. I just don't think, you know, uh, it's not to the kids, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of things because the violence, you know, they don't want to always stay here. If they can go to Maryland, I can go to Yukon, I can go to Florida. Like, why am I staying here? You know, Temple is right there where it's, you know, it's in the hood. You know what I mean? LaSalle, in the hood. They great places. Two really good coaches or guys that I know doing a good job. But it's just not like back in the day where, oh, yeah, we definitely staying home. It's It's not like that. And then – I have seen quite a few guys get overlooked here where, you know, they're killing and doing work somewhere else. And it's like, damn, they didn't really get a lot of attention in Philly. And what happens is AU coaches, um, high school coach, they remember that. Like, damn, they wasn't on a few of my players. So then when they do get on, you know, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's a grudge, but you just remember that, like, well, right. man, you wasn't on the kids that, you know, I really felt like now it's easy to get on the five star guys. 
Everybody <laughs> going to get on. The, that Somebody in Turkey going to get on somebody that's a five-star. But the good players that, man, they have a really good college careers all around the country, and you didn't get on them. And then, I mean, look at in our area. I mean, let's just be honest. Temple, pretty good. LaSalle was struggling. Ashley's about to get. Uh, hopefully take those guys somewhere. You know, Villanova is really the only one that's like where I feel like they could even turn down some of our players because they're getting from everywhere. But it's like some of our schools, right? So I'm like, wait, y'all turning down players? Are you not giving a lot of our players love? But then you're giving, you know, somebody from D.C. or somebody from, like James was saying, somebody from Florida. Why? I guess because that's a more sexier thing to do than get somebody out of town. But I offer devil's advocate perspective on that. Being as a college coach, uh-huh. not every kid is 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 meant and built to stay home, and especially if the neighborhood then comes with right. We got a lot of pride in our neighborhoods. We've already talked about that in this episode. So maybe my my boys are going to come to to campus. That's going to distract me. That's going to maybe create some obstacles. Uh, I'm I'm thinking as a as a what if um, in terms of you know. Maybe, maybe that's part of the evaluation. And then conversely, uh, and then Skip, I'll let you chime in. Conversely, I, if I'm an out-of-town coach, I'm swooping in then. I'm coming in and, and t- yeah. uh, in on the void, right? What do you think, Skip? Proof of concept. You letting John Chaney wasn't trying to hear that. John Chaney was taking a kid from the roughest neighborhood that were Prop 48. You adjust and you figure it out. The city schools – from that I can remember, never had national success unless they had uh, a local talent on their roster. That's that's just my opinion. Sean knows, John knows, James knows. From my from my point of view, if you look at the Lionel Simmons, uh, Rad Towns, Aaron McKee, uh, I can go, I can, I can go, I can go on and on down the line. Jameer Nelson. Marvin O'Connor, the Philly schools do not have national success, tournament success, uh, AP top 25 success, unless they got that local talent. That 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 fan base, that talent, that brings the city together. Ask Sean. Ask Sean. Sean played at the highest level. We're going to ask Sean. Sean could have went to Temple and been the starting point guard. That's a badge of honor. You don't you don't turn that down. So how'd you end up at UNC Charlotte, Sean? So you know, uh, me and Kat was in at Maine Central Institute, Catino Mobley, and Temple got on us, but kind of late. St. Joe's was on us. St. Joe's wanted me to come. I didn't come. I didn't want to go to St. Joe's, but Temple was uh they got on late when Cincinnati and all those schools started getting on us. And it was like, I was like, I kind of just didn't want to, we wanted to go to school together. That was the other thing. So it's like, I was like, I don't want to really go back. Cat was going to have to sit out. Kind of was like a package deal. We wanted to go to the same school. But to expound on what Skip said, a lot of schools, not the Dukes, Kentucky, they can recruit everywhere, not Kansas. A lot of the mid-majors, low-majors, they build their programs on getting all the players from their area and killing. George Mason not going to the Final Four with guys from this place that they get in D.C., Virginia. Like, I just feel like, 
you should build your program getting the top guys. I'm not saying you sort of just get anybody. But the good players that they're going having great careers in in, in college, they, you need to snatch them. Listen, man, you staying here in the city. And I, I just don't think they – I don't think they focus on that. To me, the focus hasn't been let's get these top players. I, I just I just don't see that. I, I don't. I don't. Man. I don't. Ahead, they don't Jeff. even be in their top five. A lot of our right. even our top players, right. they don't have if it's mm-hmm. not Villanova, they don't have none of their schools in the top five. Like when they're making their decision, okay, we got our top five, we got our top seven, and I'm deciding. You never see really Temple and LaSalle and Dre- none of that. St. Joe, none of that. They and they end up going wherever they're going, but it's like, damn, y'all wasn't even in the top five, top seven. That's just it just wasn't like that when we were coming up. Skip, before you go, hold on, before you go, so then I would ask this, because I think, again, to our listeners who are largely college coaches, it's important to know, if one of those schools from Philly is in there, are you guys giving them the hometown discount and and advocating and trying to make it happen? Because I'm not from Philly. I'm at school XYZ. I don't want that kid going there. So I I need to know, am I going to get that fair crack at it? Two, two, Two points to expound on that. Sean coaches high school, John coaches high school. What, what's more fulfilling than seeing your kid playing at a city six school and they got a national power and they got a national power coming into the palestra or the Wells Fargo and you are, you are, you are amongst 8,000 at the palestra or, or 17,000 at the Wells Fargo and you can bring your whole team and see – their their guy play home. That's what that's what it's about. As John, as John, how fulfilling it would be to see those four guys at four the the, the, the top five right. and the five, and he can go see those cross matchups. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's awesome just to go going over to watch Colin or when you know. At Newman, Tariq Duran, or when Earl Pettis played at uh, LaSalle, it was fun to walk in there and, and see your kids playing. Yes. Um, also, I mean, back when Sean, I think also the local school, uh, the big five schools had more of a local flavor on the coaching staff, too. So they knew yes. how to go around and through the neighborhoods and talk with the coaches and the relationships were there. Because getting back to high school, the public league, you never – it was like Chester and Camden. Those kids didn't leave if they had a chance to go play at Gratz or FLC or Southern. You know, Ronald Simmons wasn't going to leave Southern to go, you know, play somewhere else. So that has changed. But the like, I feel the way I can speak for me is if I have a relationship with that coach and I feel he's going to be trustworthy, you know, I, the, you know, I'll, I'll give him a fair chance with the parent. But if I don't trust that guy or I think, you know, he's done – even if he's done harm to one of uh, Skip's guys or Sean's guys in the past, I'll call him up, you know, how is he, how's the program, you know, and talk to them, you know, before my guy goes there. You know, because it's not always the coach's fault. The kids got to do what they're supposed to do too. Sure. sure. Okay. So – You know, yeah. I got one thing to say. The Come on. Right here. So, I think all the coaches – can agree to this, what I'm about to say. I hope, anyway. Just my feeling. 
the the city schools the easiest way to get players easiest way if you just have somebody on the staff that's from Philly like everyone else does in in the, in their in their cities that know what they're doing Nima guess what none of you guys are coming in getting nobody if <laughs> Skip is the assistant coach at LaSalle if such and such is the assistant oh, coach yeah. at Temple but as long as they keep getting you know, whoever that they get, not saying they're not good coaches, or but if they don't have the relate, why am I, for instance, Nima, you at George Washington, right? You was at George Washington. How do you think you got, like, you, like Jameer and Nelsie talked to me. You think, like, Jameer went there because I was his AAU coach. Like, how, you shouldn't be able to come in and get him, though, to be honest. Right. To be honest. But, well, but, we're, but, we're and you did a great job. Crazy. You guys did a great job. But my thing is, if someone was there from Philly that we all, that Coach Moscow know, and we got great relationships with, and we done knew them from AU or this, that, the other, guess what? They're getting the first and the second options. Like it is in D.C., like it is in New York, like it is, that's how it goes. But they but, don't do that, so I feel like they, they're helping the outsiders come in and get people to so, me. So, so look, there's 350 some odd Division One schools, and there's six in Philly. I'm gonna take yes. them six out. We've we spent enough time on them. Right. There's 345 others that are saying, okay, if there's a is there's an opportunity, I'm coming into Philly. Uh-huh. How, but John, you hit it on the head. You got they have to have relationships with you guys, and Philly's not the easiest town to build a relationship with with you guys. Now y'all are rough around the edges. You might hurt somebody's feelings. Skip, what you got to say? That's that's part of it, Nima. But I know Sean since I was seven, eight years old watching him mm-hmm. play. When I first started coaching, I met John. I can call them and throw stuff off the wall, and they gonna give me back feedback. Mm-hmm. They don't even value that anymore. We gonna call each other and talk. For sure, right? We gonna call each other. Hey, what's up with such and such from State Home State University? Nah, man, don't. Don't do it. You gotta value them relationships too. Those phone cards are getting made behind the scenes. You can't just think you going you going wine and dine me with the million dollar conversation like they all do. And I'm going to say, okay, here's the parents' number. If it's a kid on that roster or that assistant coach was somewhere else, I'm going to call somebody on one of these panels and just get and do a fact check. Mm-hmm. Do you- do you think that is a byproduct again of being being from Philly and having to have your guard up at all times that you, you don't necessarily trust the, the, the income person? Nah, it's our reputation and our relationship. Right. The one thing the four of us don't want to be responsible for is a kid plummeting it and it come back to us. Mm, that's, right. the, that's the one thing we don't want. We don't mm. want it to be you told me to go here. No, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Man, we've all been through it. James, Sean. I can call James. I can call Sean. I can call John. I can call Chris on John's staff. I can call Sean. I can call Sean's man. I can call. Everybody's dealt with somebody. The basketball community is not that big. Right. Some of these assistant coach are lifers. Right. right. They can bounce and bounce and bounce. So if you burnt one of our kids before, I don't care if you go sit next to Tyler Perry. That's it. That's what we view you as. Mm-hmm. Some guys aren't never going to be head coach. Never changes. They're going to be lifetime assistants. So your reputation has to precede you. 
So if you're in the business of burning our kids, you're in the business of not getting nobody. And that's how it should be. I mean, we just like we just like everybody else. If a kid gets burnt that Coach John sent, he sent them to wherever. It didn't go well. And, you know, we kind of perceive it all. You know, they, maybe they told us some BS. So now they recruit one of my kids, and my kid really want to go there. Or I'm thinking, damn, that may be the best option. Like, I don't coach, I don't really talk to coach all the time, but we're cool enough. I'm going to call him. I know, because I know I'm going to get the right. Hey, coach, what you think? And he's going to tell me what happened in his situation. He's not going to say, hey, don't go or go, but he's going to say, well, this is what happened with my kid. And now here's the information. And now you take it back and do what you do what you guys going to do. So I don't think it's, you know, that 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 um that reputation is you know I think it's a little blown up a little bit you know what I mean that we always got our guard up we just like everybody else to be honest and when I say just like everybody else we just want the best for our kids man at the end of the day that's it now I, I mean I know I do and I think I can speak for these three gentlemen you know we just want the best for the kids that's it no more no less right you get the kids. those assistant coaches that do they have a relationship with everybody so. Yep. I bet you UConn that's getting sued probably called somebody on this panel or other coaches that t- talk about his reputation, you know, and see about him. I got, and you probably get 9 million calls a day, um, you know, during recruiting. I got a call today about somebody that, you know, what's his reputation, what can he do, how good he is, and everybody, you know, you, you get, you be honest with them. And the guys that get our players are those guys that are always calling and not just when they want something. <laughs> you know, they always yeah. Yo, I, I swear, I swear, that's it. That's it right there. Like, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of coaches that they, they when they need a kid is, what's up, bro? And But you don't hear from them all the other time. What's up, bro? Where, where was that relationship the last, the last two years when you didn't need a kid? So, you know, I know, I know, I know all you guys can, can say, you sit around with your, you know, the people in the basketball that you're really close to, you evaluate these schools and say, yo, I can send the kid to UConn because I know that this kid and the relationships that I built with that program are legitimate versus a dude who don't call me for three years and then call me out of the blue. What's up, bro? How, you know, I heard about this kid and I'm like, where you been at? You know what I mean? Like, how can I try? It's like, I would actually. I think my guys are like my children. I, I I can speak for these guys as well. You treat your kids like Sean. I know. I know Dre is like your son. You know, an extension of your son. So when you right. when you look at these schools, I know Skip. You got guys. Jerry are like like your son in Moscow. You got a ton of like they're like your kids. You ain't gonna send your kid with somebody to spend the night at their house and you don't trust them. Right. Hey, hey Nima, to to expand on that, especially now, I'm saying this and I haven't told anybody this. Based on the climate we're in as a country and as a as a human race, I cut dudes off because I look at it like this right now. If you can't call these kids and check up on them, depending on what we're seeing on TV and the news every day, Correct. I can't trust you, man. And 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 I, I'm pretty sure these guys feel the same way. Nima, we clothe these kids, we feed them. The last thing we want is a 12 o'clock. One in the morning phone call from a kid, and it's something we can't control at that moment because they 500, 600 miles away. That's the last thing we want, bro. And I just had it 
a, a situation with, with, with one of my former kids walking on campus. Somebody threw something on him and said something derogatory to him. And he said he don't feel like the, the, the coaching staff responded accordingly. You know what that does for me? That's a red flag, man. That's a red flag. Right. That's a red flag, a big time red flag for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing we want. We don't want to deal, and we love our kids. We we really want our kids to go to the next level and be able to enjoy the college experience. And I remember having a conversation with Sean. Sean was like, there's nothing like playing an arena of 15,000, 20,000 in an NCAA tournament or in a conference tournament. We want our kids to experience that. We don't want to deal with all the off the stuff court off the court stuff once the kids in college. It's too much to deal with because you've got 80 other things going on. Wow. So, you know, we're, we're going to be recording about 30 of these recruiting breakdowns, but this um, is a really good education for all the coaches out there that, you know, especially when recruiting major metropolitan cities, um, you got to be really aware of socially what's going on in those cities and, and, uh, you know, taking the temperature of um, just just the world that we're in and, and understanding that it's more than basketball. Um, and and all you guys are really doing a great job of illustrating that. Um, go ahead, Skip. And here's another point. I was in a gym maybe a year ago. Uh, a, a Power Five conference assistant coach was talking about me, not in a bad way. Like he talked to me like we, we got rapport. And didn't know I was standing next to him. Had no idea who I was. And I'm standing with another all the time. And he yep. like, you know him? I'm like, no. He like, he just he's saying your name. I'm like, I don't even know him. And, and you guys don't get enamored with with you know level and you no. know like that's no. not important. Like the like you've said very clearly, the relationship is more important than the polo and the level. That you know, like that's that's a key to you guys. And we talk about coaches calling us for players. How about when we called them to look at a kid that might be their level, not be their level? You know the guys that just blow you off and say yes, yes, yes. But you know the guys you could trust to look at the tape or come out and see them. Like that means a lot too. Not just calling us when we do have the good players, but you know the kid match or you know using him. He's borderline. Well, can you go look at him? The Mike Farley's, you know, the Andy Tools, like not just to name a few. They make sure they go out and see them. Some other guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they never, you never hear from them again because they're and, not a top notch player. And I'll say this, Nima. I learned this from James. Sometimes it's better to deal directly with the head coach instead of assistant because you might get the messages crossed, you might get the information crossed. And that can come back to bite you. So once the introduction is made from the assistant to the head, I really like to deal with the head coach. So there's no misconstruing information and the, and the signals aren't getting crossed. That's just being honest. No, it's good. That's good. Now, we've talked uh, a lot about players, coaches, relationships. Um, a lot of our listeners are from Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, Juco, James, I know you've coached Juco in the past. Talk a little bit about if, if I'm one of those coaches in those schools and in, in that level, and I do spend the time to come and build relationships uh, with the, with you guys within the city, 
what pockets of town get overlooked but traditionally produce um, players? Uh, John, James, and Skip, why don't you guys uh, take it? I, I mean, I think I think honestly that the pub gets overlooked. I, th- I think South Jersey gets overlooked, and, and, and Delaware enormously because again, those kids you don't get a lot of high major kids out of Delaware. So Delaware is a gold mine for a Division two coach who wants to find a player or, or a JUCO. You know, I think those 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 areas outside of the city are where you find those diamonds in the rough or those D two guys. But again, I know I feel like the pub gets overlooked because there's a lot of talent in the pub, and you know it kind of gets overlooked due due to the Catholic league. John? No, I, I agree. Uh, I think the pub, especially the middle of the road, they might have one player on that team and, you know, he could play. He's a Division two player and guys overlook him and the Delaware teams, you know, also, especially now you're seeing, I'm seeing it more because we're playing a lot of different teams in these shootouts before, you know, there wasn't as many because guys would be in the gym working out. So, you know, we just played Lincoln and they got a couple of players that, you know, if I'm a division two team, I'm all over them, you know, especially a local division two school, but, you know, um, they'll overlook them or not look at them or, or assume they have no grades instead of checking on them and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think I agree with that, especially Delaware, because it's a small, small state and everything they get overlooked. So for me, it's uh, and I've seen this uh, progressively in the last couple of years. So uh, where John's school at is in Warminster, and Abington is what John? What is Abington? Twenty minutes from you? Fifteen minutes? Yeah, Fifteen twenty minutes, right? That's Montgomery County, right? So he talking about Matt Cerruti. Amir Hinton should have been a Division One player. What's the other kid from Abington? Uh, uh, Robbie Heath. <coughs> Robbie Heath, big time, yeah. Went to Westchester and averaged 30. Yeah, good player. Good player. He was in the tr- – I saw him in the portal. Yeah, he's a good player. If, if, if you want to recruit this area – Coast. Yeah, if, if you want to recruit this area, you really need to get with one of these guys. Map your day out from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and just go and just go and just go. You're going you're gonna to find some hitting gems. You're gonna find some hidden gems in in, in in the midst of all this. If you yeah. just all you gotta do is do your homework and take the time. You can spend 12 hours here versus 12 hours in the in the office and get more done. Just get with one of the right guys and just going throughout the city. Sean to take you to a, a, a game that's not MLK to let you see kids. James to take you, I'll take you and John. Be like, listen, this is where you need to go. We play at seven, go here at three, go here at five. You done mapped your day out. Now you're going home. Instead of seeing two or three guys, you're going home to team 12. You wouldn't even know these kids exist. And I'll, I'll say this to all the, the listeners out there. You know, you guys are some of the preeminent uh, basketball names in Philly. Uh, there's others that, that are not on this call. We can only fit but so many on the screen, right? But there are some young assistants and, and young guys that work in every single one of you guys' programs, uh, all throughout the city that are equally as willing to 
to just kind of help and give knowledge. And that's one thing that I've always loved about Philly. I know if I pick up the phone and, and want to kind of go down the, the wormhole of like, hey, man, let's talk some hoops and talk about some players. You guys are going to get us all in the right spot. Um, and, and you're not going to sugarcoat it and be afraid to, to really tell it what's on your mind. Um, all right, so we're getting towards the end of uh, the show. This part right here, uh, this this game we call it the fast break. All right, so this is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask a question. Everybody's going to answer the question, um, but you cannot use the same name that someone else used, and we're going to go fast. If you take too long, I'm going to hit the buzzer on you, and we're going to move on. All right? All right, so this is the fast break segment. Look at that. Got a banner for those of you guys watching. Look how technologically sound we are, Sean Colson. We got a banner, baby. All right, so starting with you, Sean, best player from Philly ever, all time. Rashid Wallace. Skip. <laughs> oh, I like I'm gonna it. I'm going to say Will Chamberlain. John. Well, he t- uh, Sean took mine, so I'm going to say Eddie Griffin. James. That's because it's my you, guy from my era, Kobe. You, damn right. I was about to say, what are we doing here? Okay, thank God we dodged that bullet. Twitter was ready. Twitter was over there ready to type at us. Right? Now, now hold on. But that's about that's about Kobe when they play, right? To it, though. And I said all time. Ne- so 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 you meant they're like forever, or did you just mean when yeah, they played yeah, yeah. In, high, in high school? No, look, hey, Rashid's your guy, man. You had to say Oh, Rasheed. yeah, that's my bro. So he was going yeah, to be my guy to. regardless. Yeah, shout out to Rashid. I think my tab is still open, uh, by the way, Rashid. I think he's owed me a dollar, too. He got a little bit more money than me. <laughs> All right, James, I'm coming to you on this one. Best Philly player in the league right now. Or pro. It could be anywhere. But, but current player. Three. Two, one, John Mosco. James, you got Skip. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, Skip. He said we can't repeat, so I'm going to go with a guy without coach. I'm going to go with Marcus Morris. Sean? Damn, I was going to say uh, Kyle, but since I'm going to go biased now, my boy. For <laughs> me, that's easy. I got go, to go with the young goat. You got to. You got to. All right, so now here I'm gonna I'm coming back to you, James. Don't don't leave me hanging on this. Coming back to you, best college that recruits the area. Mm. James, James might be frozen. We might be having technical difficulties on James. He's timed out. Skip. I would say Ryder. Ryder, John Mosco. Who you got? Um. Uh, Ryder was one, but um, three, two, come on, LaSalle, LaSalle, very good. Sean Colson, I'm gonna go with because they get a lot of Philly guys for whatever reason. St. Joe's, St. Joe's, there you go. St. Joe's in the house. Shout out to B Strong and John Griff, my guys. It's it's a school, it's a school that we didn't mention that I thought John was gonna mention, though. What is it? I think Penn State was doing a hell of a job recruiting our city. All right. As a Penn State alum, I'm proud to see that. Okay. Now, while we're on the subject, fast break. Penn State should do what with their coaches, sir? Skip, you're up. Pray. 
<laughs> Dave John. <laughs> they gotta get. I, I like them to get. Uh, a young. I, I would say this. They got it. Oh, you know what? I just talked to him too, Sam Cassell. Great, great name. that on Twitter. Get Sammy the Bull in there. James, what do you think? I didn't hear the question. I had technical difficulties. All good. Y'all stole my Kyle Lowry answer because y'all couldn't hear me. You must be killer. The question was, what should Penn State do? What? Who should Penn State hire? Ooh. Oh. Quick answer. <laughs> Mm, give a young guy a shot. My guy, Adam Fisher. Okay, there we go. All right. Now. They could uh, bring the OG back, though, Nima. Who's that? Phil Martelli. Oh. Twitter, Twitter. Talk to us. Talk to us. John Moscow. I want you to answer this question, John. Should the 76ers continue to trust the process? Oh, my God. No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Why would you do this with Sean on here, man? Oh, because I had oh, to. It's too God. easy. I'm a DC guy, man. I had to. I had to. Uh, last question. I'm going to start with Skip. Will Carson Wentz ever win a Super Bowl? Come on, Skip. Come on, Skip. Rock with us. I Skip, love I my you. Eagles, man. Pennsylvania. I love my Eagles, man. But but Carson ain't been right, man, since 2017, man. I don't know what's wrong with him. I have no idea right now, man. Well, listen, I think we've got a lot of education on what Philly's all about. I think our listeners can tell based on the energy, the the enthusiasm, the fun. Uh, this, is, this is Philly. Like, we, we might be standing on Broadway right now for all I know. Like, this is, this but is you're – Go ahead, Skip. Y'all, y'all can have uh, y'all can have Ben Simmons for for Bill and Wall. Hey, that that is uh, no, no, we're, we're good. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest since I'm the Laker fan on here. I really um, don't like you guys talking about these mediocre teams on this, this podcast. Don't do that. Well. Don't do don't that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. We got it. We got it, Sean. You guys got a ring. Congratulations, uh, DeAndre Hunter, uh, having a ring. And Ch- that's Sean's guy. Um, but in, in all seriousness, uh, I want the conversation to continue. If, if you found that this was informative, you know, tweet us. Uh, communicate with us. I want you guys to, to – we're going to tag everybody in this conversation. If there are coaches that are from out of the area that want to get into Philly, um, it's as easy as these guys said. Build a genuine relationship, um, and they're going to they're going to help you as long as they know they can trust you. So you need to demonstrate your worth. You need to demonstrate your character, um, and you need to have some, some proof behind it. But don't come into Philly – BS and don't come into Philly with with a whole lot of lot of chit chat, not a lot of production behind it, because they will snuff you out and they will send you right back out of them city lines. Um, thanks for joining us on Through the Tunnel. This was our second ever episode. We're gonna get all the technical difficulties worked out, and we're gonna get better and better as we go along. Thanks to all of our guests, and we're out of here. <laughs>